Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, we're just going to read one verse to begin this morning. Verse 11. It says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter here writes about those that teach the word need to speak in such a way that they are speaking the oracles of God. But he says something else right in the middle of verse 11 that I want us to key on. This idea that we do things this way, that they should serve that way, because in everything that we do, we should try to glorify God in everything that we do. We talked a couple of weeks ago about being salt and light and how our purpose in this world is to glorify our Father who is in heaven. And for us to help others glorify our Father who is in heaven, and that is our purpose, to glorify our God. And the truth is, is that we should be doing that in everything we do. There, there's no part of our life, no aspect of our life where we can say, well, it's just not that important to glorify God in this part of my life. We need to be doing that in everything we do. So what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to focus in on one of those aspects in our lives that we do every day. It's something we do very frequently. This morning, we're going to be talking about glorifying God in our conversations. Glorifying God in our conversations. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have a conversation with Abraham? What would that have went like? How about a conversation with King David? What do you think the subject matter would have been? Or a conversation with the Apostle Paul? What kind of words do you think he would have used? Or perhaps a conversation with our Savior Jesus? What do you think that would have sounded like? What kind of conversations did they have? Uh, but more importantly, what kind of conversations do we think God wants us to have today? What kind of conversations does God desire us to have? And how can we have conversations that glorify our God? Conversations that glorify him. This is not going to be a sermon about uh, not gossiping. This is not going to be a sermon about not using foul language. It's not even going to be a sermon about how to be more evangelistic per se. This is just simply going to be an encouragement about how we can improve the everyday conversations that we have with everyone we come in contact with, the people at work, uh, at home, in the local congregation, how we can improve those conversations to better glorify our God. But before we get into our main points, I just want to talk about why this matters. Why does it even matter that we glorify God in our conversations. Well, number one, words have power. Words mean something. Uh, if you were like me growing up, you might have heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, that might have been uh, a nice thing to help people cope with the negative Nancys and the bullies out there, uh, but I don't know exactly how true it is that only physical abuses affect us. Uh, to just ask the wife that has just had her husband tell her that he no longer loves her anymore if words have power. Words mean something. They can mean something in a negative way or they can mean something in a positive way. We can look at it on the other aspect of things. We probably have heard a story or a know of a student who early on in school, they were going the wrong direction. They were headed to the wrong path, but they had that one teacher that spoke to them in a positive way that gave them direction and it changed their future. Words are powerful for the good or for the bad. Words have power. In uh, Proverbs 18, verse 21, we read, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of our tongues. Our words have power. And another thought is that our words reveal what is in our heart. 
Jesus, Jesus was saying in Luke 6, verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The words we use, the conversations we have, reveal what's inside of us. Our conversations matter. So how are we supposed to improve our conversations? How are we supposed to improve them so we can better glorify our God? Number one, I just want to think about the content of what we say to begin with. And the first thing I want us to think about is, are we having positive conversations? What is your balance between the positive things you say in a week and the negative things that you say in a week? Does that even matter? When you look at statistics for the country or for various countries, almost everyone that you'll look up will tell you that most people on a daily basis or a weekly basis will say more negative things than positive things. That's just a fact. Where does your balance sit in that when you take your inventory? Or maybe it's easier to think about a specific area, maybe inside the home. Most stats I saw for Americans today inside the home, most kids we'll hear, for, for one positive word or phrase, we'll hear somewhere between seven to nine negative words or phrases. Well, what is your balance in the home between negative and positive things? And does that even matter? Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words, positive words are health to our body, the proverb writer told us. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Positive words have a real positive impact on people. Our words matter. So, so talking about balance between negative and positive things, what do you think your balance is at work right now? Do you find yourself that you only go to the boss when you have a problem? <laughs> or you only go to the boss when you have something negative to bring them? Or, or can you think of maybe a coworker that you work with, and, and the only time you find yourself going to talk to that person is to give them something negative or a problem? Uh, you, you can think about it in the home. We talked about children already, but, but even with our spouses, do, do we find ourselves saying more positive things on a daily basis than negative things? If you had to take an inventory of the last week, where would your scale tip towards? Or, you know, we think about the home. We think also about just the local congregation. What, what is our balance between positive and negative things that we say here? Do you find yourself that the only reason that you go to the shepherds, the eldership here, is to bring a problem or to give them something negative? Now, that is absolutely part of the job description. We are supposed to bring our problems to them, yes, but is that the only reason we go to them, does that completely dominate our relationship with them? Or you can think about the preachers at the local group. Uh, do, do you only go to a preacher, find yourself only doing that when you have a problem or an issue with the sermon? Um, or you can just think about our general conversations with one another, the conversations we're going to have after this service is over. Do you find yourself having most of your conversations dominated by, well, this week the, the water pipe broke? or the, the car is not working for this reason, or the kids messed this up again. Again, nothing wrong with talking about those things, but it, it becomes an issue, I think, when those things dominate our conversations, when most of the conversations we have have a negative slant versus a positive. I want to encourage us this morning to have more positive conversations, to be more thankful. I encourage you to thank your boss just for being your boss, just for leading you, for serving you in that area. I, I encourage us also to, to focus on positive events. If you look at the news today, you're going to find overwhelmingly 
mostly negative content. Now, it's not that there's nothing negative going on in the world, there absolutely is, but do we take the time to focus on the positive things going on in our world? The positive things that are going on in your home, at this local group, at the workplace. There are positive things that we can latch onto, and I think that will help us to glorify God when people see that we have that tendency. Talk about the good. If someone was to think about you, when I think about insert your name, do you think they expect to have a conversation with you that's going to focus on the good in your life or the bad? Let us be known as people that talk about the good in our home. When we talk to people about our family, we talk about the good with our family. And when we talk about our job, we talk about the blessings it is to have a job, the good in our job. And when we talk about this local congregation, we talk about the good in the congregation, that that is our focus, that we have positive conversations. Another aspect I want us to think about this morning is having meaningful conversations. I saw a quote a few months ago that I liked. It said, it isn't so much that I hate talking, I just hate small talk. Can we talk about something big instead? And I went on to list several things that were much deeper than talking about uh, what we had for dinner or what our pets did this last weekend. That was cool. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting quote and an interesting thought. In Proverbs 20 and verse 5, it says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. It takes some effort to draw things out from people. It takes some effort to understand what's really going on in each other's lives. It's going to take conversations that are deeper than talking about what we are going to have for lunch today or what we're planning on painting the living room. It's going to take some deeper conversations than that. Do you find yourself having conversations just to have conversations? Have you ever been in that situation where you, where you kind of sit by somebody and maybe haven't sat by them before, and then, then you're kind of getting up afterwards and you just feel like, well, i got to have a conversation with you now. It's just natural. Is, does that spur most of our conversations, or do we have conversations to get to know each other, to get to know each other on a deeper level? Now, again, I'm not saying that we always have to talk about the most important things, that it's, it's always wrong to talk about the mundane. That's not the point. But do we even desire to have deeper conversations? The people that you are very familiar with inside this room, do you have a desire to talk about deeper, more meaningful things with them? Do we go out of our way to do that? I want to encourage us this morning to have more meaningful conversations. And the fact is, I think this helps us glorify God because it helps us, one, to have better relationships with each other, but it also helps us to carry out commandments that were given in Scripture. More meaningful conversations helps us to sympathize with one another. Um, 1 Peter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. More meaningful conversations help us to sympathize. It's hard to sympathize with someone uh, when you only know what their favorite TV show is instead of knowing what their true needs are. Meaningful conversations help us to sympathize. They also help us to serve one another. In Galatians 5, verse 13, it says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. It's kind of hard to serve other people um, when we don't know what it is that they are in need of. Having deeper conversations about our needs help us to serve one another. Meaningful conversations also help us to encourage one another. Uh, in Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're supposed to be encouraging one another. And it's hard to motivate someone to love and good works if you don't know what's going on in their life, if you only know what's going on uh, this afternoon or what you see that day. Meaningful conversations help us to encourage one another. Meaningful conversations also help us to value one another. Uh, in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Meaningful conversations help us value each other. It's hard to defer to other people's interests if you don't know what their interests are. So I want to encourage us this morning to have more meaningful conversations. Instead of talking about the latest meme that you saw this week, once we finish here, maybe you talk about a mistake that you've learned from, the lessons that you've learned from that mistake. Instead of talking about uh, the sports team that brings you the most happiness, maybe talk about what brings you true joy, the real joy that you experience in your life. Instead of talking about um, maybe where you're going to be uh, this afternoon for lunch, talk about where you see yourself in the next five years. Where do you see your family in the next five years? Where do you see this congregation in the next five years? Talk about the future, and also talk about struggles. Instead of, you know, what you're struggling with uh, to, to wear this weekend to the event, talk about some real struggles in your life with each other. Have more meaningful conversations, and maybe one more. Instead of maybe talking about how we're going to fix the sink this weekend, talk about how we're going to fix the big problems in our life, because we all have those. Have more meaningful conversations with the people in this room, with the people at work, with your family. I think those will help us to glorify our God. Another aspect I want us to focus on is having more spiritual conversations. Again, we can ask, where's your balance? Where's your balance in this? Do, do you find yourself going a whole week uh, without using God's name at work? Or do you find yourself going through an entire day and not really focusing on Scripture? Again, the idea is not that we have to always talk about things that are found in Scripture. We can never talk about secular things. But where is our balance? I love the book of Deuteronomy. It's such a powerful book. It gives us Moses' last words to the Israelites before they enter into the Promised Land. And in chapter 6, maybe the most important chapter of the entire book, we see at the beginning of that Moses giving a few instructions to the Israelites. And he begins by telling them two very important truths. He begins, one, by telling them that God is one, that he's not many gods, he's not divided, he is one God. And then he goes on to tell them that they need to love their God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their might. The idea is that it's total devotion, whole devotion to one God. It's not divided among gods, it's not divided among ourselves. it's total devotion to him. And then just after that, he goes in to give some instructions in verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, In these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses, who has been struggling with the nation of Israel, who has led the nation of Israel, who has been willing to die for the nation of Israel, is telling them to love their God, and because they love their God, to remind each other about their God, to talk about the God that they love. Yeah, we we uh, probably are familiar with 
bandwagon fans. Uh, maybe you've gotten more familiar with those recently after the, the recent baseball victory. Uh, and why, when someone comes up to you and says, you know, I just love those Rangers so much, and they just start talking about how much they love that team, and you kind of, well, why do you kind of turn up an eyebrow to them? It's because they've never talked about the Rangers until the last few weeks. You've never, you didn't even know they were a Rangers fan at all. You thought they rooted for some other team, the Astros or some weirdos. It's, but now they say they love the Rangers. And what, what's the problem with that? Why did we raise the eyebrow? It's because we see the correlation between loving something and talking about something. If someone has never talked about the Rangers before, and now all of a sudden they say they love the Rangers, that doesn't make sense to us. We talk about what we love. That, that's the idea of this passage. Moses is telling the people, love your God with all you have, and because we love him, we want to talk to other people about him so they can love him as well. That's the idea. And of course, the, the practical application from that passage directly deals with our children, parents teaching their children. Uh, and so what is your balance there? Do you find yourself teaching your children? Moses says, do it when you sit in the house. Do it when you're walking by the way in the community. Do it in the morning and in the night. Do you find yourself taking advantage of teaching your children, making excuses to teach your children? Uh, there, there's a preacher I listened to recently, uh, and he was talking about his, his childhood growing up and how when his family would jump into the car for a road trip, no matter how long it was, if it was just an hour or two or if it was 10 hours, without fail, the first thing his dad would do is he would start asking the family questions. Uh, who is Abraham? Who was Noah? Why was there a flood? Who were the kings of Israel? Why were there kings? And they would just have a discussion about biblical things. And they knew every time they got in the car that was going to happen. And it wasn't a negative thing. It wasn't something they didn't want to go to. They loved it. It was, it was their family time. And so all of a sudden, a road trip became a moment to teach about God, to teach about him, and to help our children love him. And opportunities are all around us. Teach when you're sitting in your home. Teach when you're out in the community. Teach in the morning and in the evening, breakfast and dinner. We have all kinds of opportunities to talk about our God that we love, and it just makes sense that we would do that. Of course, it also applies to everyone, that we all need these kind of reminders. We all need spiritual conversations throughout our day. We talked about the home with our kids. Well, what do your conversations look like with your spouse? Do you find yourself just when you're sitting in the living room, just kind of laying down, doing nothing, that you tend to think about the things of Scripture? To think about God? Do you think about it at work and bring it up in work? What do your conversations look like? Do you find ways to bring it up? There's all kinds of ways we can do this. I want to give you just a few examples. A question, who's your favorite Bible character? That can, seems kind of silly, maybe. That's a question we can ask anybody. You can ask someone at work that you've never talked about with the Bible. Just pop the question, who is your favorite Bible character? What a great way to say it. You might want to use another question. Here's one to think about. What's your favorite book of the Bible? So, we're about to end a service in a few minutes. Uh, maybe you had a plan of the conversations you were going to have with one another. Think about all the people you know in here. Uh, do you know the answer to this question, their favorite book of the Bible? What a great question to ask. It's, it's so easy to think about questions that lead us to Scripture, to think about God. Just who's your, favorite, who's your favorite character, your favorite book? What's the favorite sermon you've ever heard or the most impactful thing you've ever heard someone say about the scriptures? Have more spiritual conversations. Just, just bring up God's design. If you know someone that is healing from an injury or is continuing to heal from an injury or has, uh, what, what a great way to point people towards God and recognize how God has made us in a way that our body can heal. Or if you know someone that has went on a trip, 
and saw some amazing landscapes and amazing nature, bring it up. That is an absolute opportunity for us to talk about our God and his design. How about this one? Heaven. It's where we all want to go. It's the hope for all of us in this room. We want to be with our God forever. How often do we talk about heaven? This was eye-opening for me this week, thinking about this lesson. How often do you talk about heaven with your spouse at home? Do you talk about what it's going to be like? Do you talk about going there and seeing God? Do you talk about heaven with your kids? Do you talk about heaven with, with the other Christians here in this group? I think it's good for us to talk more about the home that we are going to. Let's talk more about heaven. Let's talk more about spiritual conversations. I think it will help us to glorify our God. We need to say the right things, but we also need to say things in the right way. I want to focus just for a few minutes on how we say things as well. Um, we need to have speech that's attractive. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul says that our speech should be gracious. That word can be uh, have several different meanings, the meaning of favor or goodwill or something that's kind of light and winsome or something that's attractive. And Paul kind of gives us the analogy to let us know what he's talking about here. He talks about seasoning with salt. Um, you don't season things with salt because someone's forcing you to do it. You, you better do that or else. Uh, we put salt on things because we want to. It, it makes food more desirable. It makes it uh, more inviting. And that's the idea. Paul's saying our speech, the way we talk, should be attractive. That doesn't mean we compromise the message, but it means that we are mindful of the people that we are speaking to. Just because we are saying something that's true or saying something that's from Scripture doesn't mean we can say it however we want to. Paul says our speech should be attractive. Now, in the context, he's talking about non-Christians, about outsiders, but of course, this principle relates to everyone. When we speak to people, think about their background. Think about the experiences they've went through. Think about their opinions, even. And try to make your speech attractive. We also need to think about having speech that's uplifting. Uh, just having positive speech isn't the same thing as having uplifting speech. Uh, you might think of someone that's struggling with uh, their work situation, maybe thinking that their job isn't all that important, and they're kind of needing a pick-me-up. Uh, there's a difference in them going out and listening to positive music to help lift their spirits, and someone coming to them and telling them that their job matters, that what they do is meaningful. Uplifting speech isn't the same as just having positive speech. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. We need to be building each other up. The, the word there uh, that Paul uses is a, a construction word, actually. It would have been used to reference building houses during his day. Uh, and the idea is that just, just like today, houses, uh, some were built a long time ago, some were newer installments, uh, but they all need some maintenance. We all need uplifting words. We all need to build each other up. And I want to encourage us this morning to not segregate some people that we think aren't in need of being built up, that they're strong enough that they don't need my encouragement. I want to encourage us not to think that way, that we need to encourage all those around us. Encourage your boss. Give encouraging words to your boss. That is going to stick out in the workplace. That is something that's going to help us glorify our God. Encourage your spouse. Encourage them that they are doing a wonderful job, an important job for your family, whether that's your wife or whether that's your husband. Encourage each other. And also encourage the rest of the family. If you're uh, a child and if you have some siblings, 
it's, it makes a difference when we have siblings that encourage one another and promote that uh, or encourage your parents because your parents need your encouragement as well. Uh, and also encourage your Bible teachers. Encourage the people that teach you the word. Encourage the shepherds here. Encourage those that share the word with you. We all need encouragement, even those that we feel like are stronger. So how we say things are important. One last thought. I want us to think about who we say it to. Uh, we've talked about all facets, and that's kind of the idea this morning, that we should be having these kind of conversations with everyone, with people at work, with people at home, uh, with people in the local congregation. But I want to focus on two groups that maybe sometimes we tend to neglect. And I have affectionately labeled the first one the randoms, the randoms in your life. These are the people that come into your life just for a brief moment. Uh, maybe you're never going to see them again. These are the people that are checking out your items at the grocery store. Uh, these are the people that you're waiting with in the waiting room at the tire shop. Uh, these are people that you're waiting in line with when you're waiting to go into the restaurant. And it, it is so tempting to just keep our eyes down, to keep our eyes on the phone, to not connect, to not engage those people. But I want us to be encouraged to talk to the random people in our lives. Again, this doesn't have to be specifically evangelistic conversations. Have conversations like we've been talking about this morning and just speak to them. Jesus spoke to the random people in his life. Uh, we have a story in John 4 about Jesus speaking to a Samaritan woman at a well. Uh, and From the world's viewpoint, from a secular standpoint, he had no reason to talk to that woman. Actually, he had every reason not to talk to her, uh, but yet he did. And he turned an everyday conversation into a conversation about eternal things. Uh, and not only did that happen, but she responded to it. Someone that he, we would have never thought would have responded to Jesus' message, but she did. Jesus talked to the random people in his life. And we need to talk to the random people in our life as well. And just one other I labeled as the familiars. And those I have in mind, those people that are Christians that we meet together with on a weekly basis. Those in this room that we are most familiar with. I think there is a danger here that sometimes we think just because we are within a group that are all Christians, uh, whether that's here or outside the building, that we just assume. We just assume that there's going to be a spiritual atmosphere or that conversations are going to be uplifting or of a spiritual nature or things that are positive. And we forget that we have to make those things happen, even when we're with Christians that we are very familiar with. So I encourage us to have these kinds of conversations that glorify God with everyone with the random people that we're waiting with and with the Christians that we know better than anyone. I want you to think about your conversations for this past year. All the conversations you've had in 2023, take an inventory. Maybe you, you feel like you've done a pretty good job. Maybe the things we've talked about this morning, you think I'm pretty on point with all those things, and that's good. Uh, all we're doing this morning is trying to encourage all of us to continue to improve, that there are steps and strides we can make in the conversations we have every day with people at work, with people at home, with the people here, to have more positive conversations, to have more meaningful conversations, conversations about spiritual things, talk about heaven, and things, ways that we speak that are gracious and uplifting. I want to encourage us to do that. Jesus had many conversations while he was on this earth. He had conversations about good things. He had conversations about bad things. He had conversations about evil about good, had conversations with all kinds of different people, people that were like him, people that were different than him. And ultimately, those conversations led him to the cross. But also those conversations 
led the men and women that would follow him to follow him despite the cross. It was those words that he used, the things that he said. If you are here this morning and you haven't decided to follow Jesus, if you know you have not committed your life to him, that is a conversation we would love to have with you, to discuss with you about your eternity and about your Savior, who is Jesus Christ. If you have that need this morning, or if you have any other need from the congregation here at Campbell Road this morning, we would love to help you. And you can make that known by just standing up, coming to the front while we stand and while we sing. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can, but thank you for connecting with us.